The American healthcare industry is a $3,504 trillion industry. That's trillion with a T. Yet, there's a small medical management team based in Spokane, Washington, on a mission to transform this giant industry. I get it, this sounds crazy. But, in the words of Walt Disney, all our dreams can come true if we have the courage to pursue them. Obviously, there are no guarantees that they will succeed. But Keystone's mission to transform is full of great lessons for your life and business. This episode is about courage. These are the lessons from a Keystoner's playbook. All right, we're here with Keystoner's Amy, Kara, Jonna, and Anna for another lesson from a Keystoner's playbook. Um, since we're talking about courage on this episode, I thought we could start by having you share about your speaking experience last week. Um, yes, so we attended a user's conference for Advanced MD, um, and we had some presentations in front of a lot of people, <laughs> so it was pretty nerve-wracking, but we definitely um, had to have a little bit of courage to get up there and just share our story and share what's important to us and um, help anybody that we can help, and um it was a great experience, and I'm glad that we did it. To be honest, I didn't think that it was um, – I thought it was required that we had to present. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then when I heard that Kara opted out to present, I was like, what? <laughs> Amy's just laughing at me right now. It's the best. In our first presentation, we were so nervous, like visibly nervous. I think our voices, our faces, our body language were giving it away. So we just decided to – let the audience know, hey, we're really nervous, mostly because what we're about to present and share about is something we're so passionate about. And it feels it feels scary to put it in front of other people in case they didn't think it was exciting or interesting. And it was amazing how many people were intrigued in the classes and how relevant cultural issues are in their businesses right now. It really opened our eyes to the fact that the challenges that we've had are not unique in any way, shape, or form, and that people are hungry to provide resources for their employees and, and make their businesses thriving, you know, thrive in, in ways beyond just profit and revenue and, and hard, tangible skill sets. So That's great. So I heard that Anna shared a personal story about her earlier Keystone days. Would would you mind sharing that story with us here on the podcast, Anna? Yeah, absolutely. Um, what I presented about was kind of like my experience, the ups and downs here, like at Keystone personally for me and how um, until Keystone and the managers um, basically at that time, like they started being more transparent um, with with us and with me personally about certain decisions that they were making. Um, I, until then, I wasn't as bought in. I was about to get fired, like, and I needed, I needed a reason to stay. And so then it kind of became a partnership of, like, trust and um, 
transparency. And then from then on, I just, you know, was like, I a hundred percent bought in. And then a year later or a year and a half later then I got promoted. So it has a happy ending, but <laughs> very personal, like part of my life that I don't necessarily like to show like that I was a really negative person on the team and I was being a brat. <laughs> well, as you can imagine, the audience adored her. <laughs> it was so real. And without her sharing that experience, we would not have been able to connect with that audience in the same way. I also got like the title Angry Anna. <laughs> People kept saying, I have an angry Anna on staff. And I'm like, passionate is more of what I would call it. But I mean, I'll take it as long as I make a make a mark, I guess, or whatever. <laughs> I don't know if Anna likes it or not, but I've started just yeah. calling her the Some, angry one. <laughs> but it was great. I mean, honestly, it was a great experience. Like it really pushed me um, just in my being comfortable public speaking and then also just like reaching out and connecting with people. Oh, very cool. What about you, Jonna? Was it a good experience? Yeah, I think I learned a lot. I think I have more confidence in me than I <laughs> I thought I did and that I um, can just do more than I think I can. I, I don't know if that makes sense, but um, knowing the information, you know, we had note cards and it was just nerve wracking reading off of the note cards. But by the end, you find yourself like you, you know that information. You don't have to rely on those note cards. So I was able to trust myself actually more towards the end of that and just be more comfortable just talking with people and just sharing. It wasn't necessarily um, something I had to follow by the book, but I just, I knew it. It was, it was in my heart. And so I could just talk about it. That's exciting. It it sounds like a great experience all around. Let's circle back to what Anna shared about not feeling bought in until she understood what you were trying to do at Keystone. That whole story is kind of wild to think about now, considering what an important member of the team Anna is. So, Amy, do you feel like that's an example of a time where you knew you needed the courage to be transparent to get Anna on board? Or was it something that you look back on now as a lesson you can use going forward? Probably both. I mean, we we were intentional about creating transparency in more areas than we were currently doing. So that wasn't accidental. And we recognized that being transparent would improve trust. But looking back, it's... I don't think we realized how much it was compounding, how much it was building at the time and how every single layer of that was so important. What's funny, not funny, haha, <laughs> is how, and I don't think I'm the only one around the table. I'm curious to hear others' experiences is that at the time I felt like we really were being transparent, but Clearly, what you're communicating is not necessarily what people are hearing. And I don't even know, Anna, is the message any different or did it just change once you trusted us? Yeah, I feel like a little bit of both. I feel like sometimes certain things were said and without background knowledge, sometimes it was as far as clinic-specific things um, or sometimes it was other employee-specific things like I need... Uh, you know, you're not doing this job anymore because this person's doing it. And I found out later why. Um, but at that time, it wasn't appropriate to tell me why. And I knew later why that happened and, and all of that. But um, 
that still hurt my feelings, you know, getting something taken away from me I had done. I what I didn't feel at times certain in certain instances that I would have been met with open arms asking questions. But now we, I mean, we ask questions all day long and that's sometimes what all we do <laughs> is ask questions. <laughs> like the meeting I was just in, I thought it would be an hour and it was like two hours because we just kept going back and forth and it was all great, you know, great communication. And I was able to give them some perspectives that they hadn't thought about and vice versa. So I guess it's, it, it kind of seems like um, learning to trust management enough to feel comfortable asking questions was uh, pretty important. I didn't necessarily trust my team either. So that's a big part of it. Not just like management. I didn't necessarily trust my team and probably because we didn't have brave communication. And I think that that as we put intentionality behind um, changing that and the whole company from the top down, then that really has encouraged us all to be brave and speak up and also have open ears. Um, I think sometimes that is trust in your team, but I think it's also having trust in yourself and having that confidence. Um, I think sometimes if you're not, at least for me personally, if you're not feeling confident in yourself or your abilities or your knowledge, um, sometimes you're not really open to hearing what someone else is trying to say Um you know, even when they are being very just open about what they're, what's going on with things. Um, I think you just really have to be willing to trust your team and trust yourself. And otherwise it's going to inhibit your ability to really take that in. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you uh, for sharing, Kara. What other areas do you think being courageous has benefited Keystone? One of the biggest um, that I've noticed is being patient. I've seen like patience growing within all of the leaders in the company and just really understanding that. Um, and I think that that's helped a lot, especially with getting other, you know, newer people to the team on board and modeling that patience and that trust and that courage and vulnerability and all of those things um, that has, that's improved over the last few years that I've been here. And I think it's great moving in a really good direction. That's been one of the things I've struggled with the most as a leader. And I think all of us have really been investing a lot of time in, especially this last year, we intentionally made the commitment that we were going to be more patient, continue each time to try to put ourselves in the other person's shoes and have more empathy and compassion around what, what, what it looked like from their perspective and what they were facing in their head or in their heart. And that it does make a huge difference and it's so hard. <laughs> it is so hard. If anybody is listening saying I can't do that, it's difficult. You just have to stick to it, it and is. just it's so important to just stick with it and you're not going to do it perfect like I said earlier. Like it may not be perfect, but just keep trying. I was just telling Jana today that I was frustrated with myself today at how frustrated I was <laughs> about things yesterday because along those lines we totally know better 
this is something we're trying to be intentional about, but it still creeps up on you. And this is why courage has to be multi-layered in the organization. Yesterday in the middle of a frustrating meeting, Jonna and Anna and I were in a meeting together and clearly my head was in the wrong spot that day. I was in a weird place. I, I really wasn't keeping perspective, but Anna was, and she was able to, to say very bravely, I think we need to keep this in mind or this person or this team might be feeling this way. And without having those different layers, if that was only coming from one source or one person got it, but no one else was working on it, that could have easily spiraled into a really negative conversation with ramifications to our team. But it didn't because just because one person is having a rough day and grumpy. (laughs) Yeah. And that's what is so different about any, I mean, any organization I've ever been involved in because I mean, five years ago when I first started or even like a few, you know, if a couple years in, like I probably wouldn't have been as brave. (laughs) I mean, I feel like I've always been a little bit brave when it comes to Amy and Jim. Um, (laughs) just because I, if it really is bothering me, I like physically cannot sleep or get sick or something like that. But, um, but I, I couldn't have like pushed back a little bit or been like, okay, I understand, but let's refocus. Like, let's look at this perspective. So, um, but Amy welcoming that and like with open arms and welcoming all the different perspectives is, is, is true. And there's been many times where we still get it wrong and we come back the next day and say, and we apologize to each other and to the teams. And we say, that's not, that was not our intention. You guys were right. Like let's meet in the middle and let's, let's work on it together. That's great. Uh, it takes courage, but I think Amy would agree with me that it's important to uh, employ a team that doesn't always agree with you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can't innovate without freedom of expression and without lots of perspectives. And the the range of humanity, even in our office with a very specific industry and you know really specific skill set, is still absolutely essential. It takes lots of empathy, which only comes from people being willing to share their experiences and their perspective. That takes so much courage and courage needs to be practiced. It's a muscle. It builds over time. When we have new people on board here or when we're out with our clients on site with their practices and working with their team, and encouraging people to communicate bravely there, people will often look at you with surprise when you vocalize. Thank you for saying that. That that was a really brave thing to say. I'm so glad you shared that. That took courage to say. That's a hard thing to talk about. It's such a it's such a weird thing. Like we all know it's hard to talk about, but just verbalizing it and giving that affirmation in the moment, that I mean, what do you guys think? I feel like when we started just calling that out by name and really naming it as it happened was when we started to pick up some steam here with promoting courageous communication. Did you guys notice that or? I felt it personally. Yeah. When you, I mean, you still do it. We still do it to this day. Amy's especially good at it, but like, absolutely. And I think our team likes, we all, I mean, humans like validation, right? So like if I'm giving that feedback, like, 
your thought was completely valid. Like, thank you so much. And then it, that just gives them encouragement that they can keep, keep speaking up and keep growing. So that's, that did really actually help me personally be able to become more brave and courage, courageous, I guess. I feel like it's that shared experience thing where you think that other people might be experiencing it, but there's that secret voice in your head. Like maybe I'm the only one who thinks that that took courage or maybe, maybe no one else thinks this is scary, but me. And so by just calling it out or just like bringing it out into the light a little bit, I feel like it, it helps other people see, oh, you recognize that that was hard. I'm not the only one who thinks that it's hard to disagree with my boss or disagree with a team member who I have to sit next to every day or the physician or whoever it is. There's just something about being known in that moment. Like, oh, you see me, you know me. <laughs> I think calling it out and putting, <clears throat> you know, a name to it. Um, I just think it creates safety. Um, and it does make, you know, at least for myself, um, it makes it easier to continue doing it and continue, um, you know, being brave and courageous and saying things that are difficult or, um, you know, when other people acknowledge that it was hard, I think it makes you feel safe, um, that it's okay to continue doing it. I think sometimes too, like you, you tell maybe your manager and you tell your team, like, you can come to me, you can talk to me, you can do these things like a mom telling their kid, like, you can tell me anything. <laughs> but just because you said it doesn't mean that it's easy for them to do. So recognizing that I told you, instead of saying, well, I told you you could talk to me, so yeah, just just do it. Like, I told you to, come in, open door policy. It's easy to say, but it's really hard to do. So yeah, giving that affirmation of like, I understand this is really difficult for you to walk into my office and say this, whether you agree, disagree, however the discussion continues, but just making sure that they know that I understand that, like that is difficult. And I think it's a, it's a big deal. And it, it does feel good to be like, oh my gosh, yes, you understood me. <laughs> kind of a weight <laughs> lifted off and it makes you more apt to do it again and again and again. And then you're demonstrating it for other people on your team who maybe haven't gotten the courage to do that yet. And then that's just going to kind of trickle down across the whole team. And it's amazing. So I have a question about being on a team and um, maybe more specifically being a team leader. Do you ever struggle to find the courage to let go of control and trust that your team can get the job done? One word answer. Yes. <laughs> Amy's laughing because it's like you just pointed at her in the room. <laughs> no, I'm really pointing a finger at myself. That is uh, that is something that I definitely struggle with. Oh, okay, good. It's not just us. <laughs> it's not even just work. Being a parent, I think I realize that sometimes even more intimately than at work, it's just hard to let go. It takes courage to do that. It seems backwards, but it does. Oh, it does. It's, I was listening to a podcast. I don't remember which one it was. So sorry. It was a leadership one though. Um, and it was like, if your employee can do something 50% as good as you can do it, then you need to let them so you can be available to lead. It was something of those lines. I didn't say it hundred percent correctly there, but that really hit home with me because I am a perfectionist <laughs> and you know, 
So I was just like, okay, like I took a step, but this was at the beginning when I was transitioning into a manager role. Um, when I was trying to fill my brain with as many like leadership things as I could. And, uh, I was just like, okay, that makes sense though, because you know, that, that just hit home. Like we need to give the people opportunities to grow and to fail and to ask questions and they're never going to be as good as me just kidding, or as good, you know, um, is our standard and until we, we give them the opportunity to, and that really helped me change my perspective from being a frontline worker to being a manager. That's great. We did hear actually at the conference, a few people asked, well, what if one person knows everything? How do we get them to communicate? How do we get them to teach, teach? And it was just like, well, first of all, it's not going to be easy, obviously, but like you just need to change their perspective. Like their their job is not to know everything. Their job is to teach. You need to make that the most important part of their job. And then I think one of the guys or gentlemen that came up and talked to us, he was like, what if they won't? Like <laughs> what if they've been there forever and they don't want to share any of their knowledge? And that that's a place where I came from. <laughs> like there, there was people who didn't want to share anything with you, even though you wanted to learn it, even though you asked. And sometimes in those organizations, those people don't belong. If your culture is going to a share knowledge and everybody can learn anything, um, and you have somebody that doesn't want to share and they want to keep it for themselves, or they think that that makes them indispensable and they're, you know, they can be there forever because they have all this knowledge. And if you get rid of them, then everything's going to go south. That's not true. Like they learned it. Somebody else can learn it. And so if they don't belong in that environment and they're diminishing to the rest of the team, then that's when you've got to make some choices. So it just depends on what route you want to go. And I think that that's one thing here that we really hold on to is that culture of everybody can learn anything. If you want to learn it, we're going to share. And there's people that haven't made it here because they don't necessarily want to share or, um, they kind of get in their own, well, this is my job. That's your job, you know, mindset. And it just doesn't work. So you should have seen his face when that was the answer we gave him. Like, yeah, you might have to fire that person. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, yeah. <laughs> but the team, I mean, we just reminded him like with that person gone, people will have no choice but to step up and learn that knowledge for themselves. Yeah. And you'll give them the opportunity without someone standing in the way or obstructing that growth mindset for your business. And he, he I mean, his eyes lit up. He knew yeah. like, it's yeah. true. It's not going to be easy, but <laughs> how, yeah, people can definitely how, do it. How can you grow if one person has all the power? Mm-hmm. There's just not enough time in the day for one person to yeah. get through everything. Mm-hmm. You know, Speak for yourself. Anna. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're Amy just <laughs> or like maybe trying. me, like pre children, right? Like pre kids when he could, <laughs> I could stay up late working and, <laughs> <laughs> Now I can't hang. Before I forget, in case we move on, I wanted to share this conversation that I had with my daughter a couple nights ago about courage and trying something that was scary. She was, (laughs) she's so my kid. She was teaching herself to type on a keyboard by touch just for fun. (laughs) And how old is she? (laughs) She's eight. (laughs) And she just thought it would be fun. And she found this website and she was learning these skills on the home row, which is the kind of the first step. 
And the first few tests were really easy and she was able to make it through these fun little challenges, but it started to get harder and she reached a point where she didn't pass the level on the first try. And then she didn't pass it on the second try. And we got to the third try and you could tell she was just reaching a point, like she was making a decision in her head. And I just reminded her, I just said, I'm really proud of you for thinking about this before giving up because you know that if you keep going, you'll get it. And she's, she, her eyes lit up because again, that affirmation of, okay, you get me, you understand that this is where I'm at in my head. And she said, you know what? I, I was making the decision to move forward. I'm going to keep trying. And you know, what's cool mom last year. I don't think I would have, I didn't, I wasn't as good at doing that. I'm better at being brave this year than I was last year. And that was really cool. Like she, that light bulb just, she has now connected the dots on what the consequences are when you give up and what the consequences are when you keep trying. And I think she also said it in an eight-year-old way that bravery takes muscle memory, right? You have to not, you have to try it and fail and try it and fail and keep practicing it doesn't necessarily just get easy but I thought thought it was a cool story it did take her two more tries until she um beat the ninja on the typing level (laughs) (laughs) it was just enough to keep her going and I think like on such a small level that's kind of the decision or the conversation we have in our heads at work and at home and all kinds of places Lessons from a Keystoner's Playbook is produced by Perceptico in partnership with Keystone Medical Management. To learn more about how Keystone can help your medical practice, visit keystonemm.com.